Welcome back to another edition of the Commitment Issues Podcast. I'm Woody Womack, joined on the phone by Rob Cassidy. Rob, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm consumed, uh, all consumed by jughead sexuality or asexuality. <laughs> well, we'll get to that later in the podcast. Uh, Nick from Austin, Texas. Nick Kruger, how are you doing today? Well, listen, I gotta, I gotta be real careful about my choice of words and, and make sure to write them all down in case somebody copies them for their own content later on. Oh, geez, boy, do we? Uh, we'll, we'll, there's a plagiarism scandal in the recruiting world in Texas. I don't know if we got any uh, clarity on that or not. Uh, Man, I, I this is this is blindsided me. I did not even know this was a thing. I, and I do like a good plagiarism scandal. Well, Rob, I mean, basically, when you're like me and you come right into a state where you know lots of people have been well established and you come in and you do a better job than all of them you know people want to people just want a piece of the pie that's all, that's all Boy, I can say. Sh- shots fired right out of the gate. <laughs> nick sounding a lot like me uh he's clearly <laughs> spent way too much time hanging out with me uh over the past few years so over the past decade we've been working together as sad talk about sad um all right. All right. We want to remind everyone uh, to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, subscribe there as well. You can find us on any podcast app. Uh, find us on Twitter at Rivals Podcast. And uh, you can find uh, Rob at Cassidy underscore Rob. I'm at Rivals Woody. And Nick is at Rivals Krug City Krug with two O's. Um, so be, be sure to hit us up. We're getting a lot of new uh, listeners. I know our numbers have been through the roof in terms of streams lately. So uh, be sure to subscribe. We'll, we'll put it right on your phone regardless of the app you use. So, guys, it's a slow time this time of year on the old recruiting trail. Not a whole lot happening. But uh, we fear we spent a little time talking about the NFL Combine because we remember a lot of these players as recruits. We've got a ton of coverage on the front page of Rivals uh, right now. Uh, Adam Gorney and Mike Farrell, the two people who uh, who are allowed to write about the Combine, <laughs> really killing it with the coverage there. So, listen, uh, John Ross, we'll start with him. He set the, he set the record in the 40. I wrote an article uh, about the Adidas Island promotion. And lo and behold, he beats the record, which is really something that's nearly impossible to do. It's been 11 years. But he's a Nike athlete. He signed with Nike, I think, three days before the combine. He misses out on the island. I saw an article on Deadspin and it said it was a he missed a big a big headache by not not winning the island. What what say you guys? Would you, I think I would love to have an island, right? Yeah, the fine print in that thing says that you know it's not like they'll just give you a million dollars is kind of what you could take, right? In lieu of the island and the fine print. I mean, they're not just going to like have a ready-made island for you and be like, all right, here's a slab of land in the ocean. Uh, I think they were going to give you the money that you could use to buy the island. In which case, who would actually buy? I mean, it, it, doesn't that sound great, I guess, but like in practice, I don't, I don't want to maintain an island. I don't want to own an island. I would rather have like five cars. Now, let me tell you something. I was in Greece uh, back in 2011 and I saw the island where uh, Jackie... Oh, lived with her uh, Greek husband there, and boy, talk about an island! We got tennis courts, we got all kinds of stuff. So, if it's an if it's an island like that, although chances are it would be like like that one I saw on the internet in Maine, that was just like a you know basically like a place to go hunting. Um, uh, there was a lot of stuff. There was a lot of legal stuff there, but you know whatever. Ross was a three star. Big shout to him. Now the the star of the show of the entire combine, Miles Garrett. Nick from from Texas, your neck of the woods. I don't know how much you remember Garrett as a high school player, but where you know Rob and I had a lot of uh, arguments this year over the number one player in the country. And back in 2014, prior to uh, Nick's time as an analyst, 
we had a we had a big argument over Miles Garrett. Now you weren't involved in that one, right, Rob? Because you didn't come to Under Armour that year. Yeah, I, I was. I sat out of that one. That was uh, I and I abstained. For those who don't remember, we left uh, Deshaun Hand number one. I think he went wire to wire, and he's been a pretty much a backup at Alabama. Hasn't really seen the field a whole lot. He's we, we see him every now and again. But definitely, I mean, you're talking about Garrett, who's going to be the number one pick of Freak Show. And man, ew, boy, that one stings a little bit for us, doesn't it? Even, even though some of us thought he should be number one. Yeah, I was going to say, go ahead and just get it in. Let's just get to the part where you pat yourself on the back. Um, so let's just get through this. So go ahead. The floor is yours, Womack. <laughs> well, dare, dare I go back and read and, and say what I wrote about Garrett at that time or no? Should, should I yeah, not yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, it's it's entertaining. I think it's pertinent. Okay, so this was after signing day in 2014 when they let us write an article saying uh, things we thought. I remember, do you, if you remember that one, Rob, I forget. We basically got a chance to take shots at, at people out of our region that we disagreed with the rankings on. Yeah, I remember uh, that. I'd like to go back and look at that article. Well, here's what I wrote at that time. You can find this on Rivals uh, if you go deep in the archives. I wrote, Miles Garrett is the future. Safe to say I didn't know much about Garrett going into the week at Under Armour. By the time it was over, I was as high on him as any player in the country. There aren't many players with his combination of size, speed, and football instincts. And in my opinion, he's the future of defensive linemen. It, it, goes, on, it goes on and on there from, from there. But, I mean, get out are of there, town. Are there, are there any other you know, notable, uh, notable excerpts from that article? I'm interested. Uh, I just had a screenshot pulled up there, but I said Sean White shouldn't have go to, shouldn't have gone to Auburn. Check. Um, and I I'm wondering. I'm wondering if, there, if I, I I almost be certain that there's somebody on there telling me that I overranked Christian McCaffrey. Mm, well, we each had our own one, so you'd have to go through it. But I also said that uh, Andrew Brown was overrated. Check. <laughs> so that was a big year for me. Uh, big shout to me on that one. I guess uh, you got a Deshaun hand it to me on that one. Um, <laughs> but anyway, Garrett's a freak, right? I mean, Nick, what, you're in Texas now. I forget where he even went to high school. I don't know if you even know. Is he kind of like a legend there now already, even before making it to the NFL? I guess. I mean, <laughs> well, I just wasn't I, sure if that was something the kid that no, they're nobody's still selling no, to the kids. Yeah, I don't know. Nobody really. I I mean, when when I interview kids about that are interested in Texas A and M, for example, like I definitely bring up recent, you know, recent past headline by Miles Garrett is like, you know, is this is this sort of their selling point to you? Is this sort of what you think about when you think about uh, Texas A and M? If I'm interviewing a, a defensive lineman, that is, and I, I mean, the kids are. Uh, obviously, the kids are aware of it, but I mean, it would be no different if it was, you know, any any other star player at any other position. I think I think schools do get a bump out of the combine, though. I mean, it, it, because a lot of times, you know, as Rob always says, you know, with these kids, perception is reality. So it doesn't matter if Texas A and M doesn't have a good defense or whatever. But the bottom line is they're going to have the number one pick in the draft, and the other defensive end is going to go relatively high, I think. So the kids are going to say, Hey, they put guys in the league. Look at miles Garrett. He's a freak. He went there. Um, and it's like other schools as well. So, so that's pretty interesting. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, speaking of combines, we have our uh, rivals three stripe camps starting. I'm going to make sure I had the name right. Uh, Cause we changed the name a little bit this year. And a lot of people on the message boards are often asking me these questions. How much does it cost? You penalize the kids because they don't come. 
yada 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 he didn't run a fast enough 40 so so let's do a little uh faq rob you've been to a million camps kind of give us a rundown of what what goes on and what you know why we have them and and what kind of value we get out of them from a rankings perspective um you know it's a nice way to see top players against other top players that you don't really get to see you know and everybody moans that you know it's a t-shirt camp well you know it is nobody's putting these guys in pads but at the same time you get to see wide receivers run routes against top defensive backs and guys matched up with guys of their skill level which is very rare to see even in place like south florida on the high school circuit where you know a lot of times you'll have a guy headed to florida state running a route against the guy headed to you know the uh belt house um, so that's tough, but it's, you know, it, that's, I think basically for us, that's what you get out of. And of course, yes, they're free people. I, that might be my favorite, like made up narrative on the internet is you charge kids to come to these camps so you can rank them. So you're charging. It's like, nobody gets charged for anything. In fact, they get stuff from the shoe sponsor. <laughs> Nobody's paying any money to come to these camps. I don't know where that started. Right. And that's the thing is we, <clears throat> the camps are free. They're in they're they're you know, you have to be nominated to, to get into the camp. Usually we take about 185 kids to each one. There's no testing. We, we bring the kids out there. We have, you know, uh, former NFL players, coaching, former college NFL uh, coaches, excuse me, some of them players uh, coaching the drills and uh, they go through position drills and then they do, you know, competition period. There's no there's no 40 times, I and mean, we do have combines this year, which are open to everyone on Saturdays, and those are more for kids to come out and kind of prove that they're under the radar and maybe test off the charts there and maybe get an invite to the camp. But make no mistake about it, we're not – they're not. They're free, A. The cost, the cost can be associated with, okay, sometimes kids have to come travel a little bit of a far way, maybe get a hotel room that night. Um but mainly, you know, we want the kids to have fun there too. I mean, we, we try to keep it light. We try to uh, to make sure they're having a good time. They're getting good coaching and everything like that. So, you know, and from Nick's perspective, Nick, you've been on the video side for a while. You know, I know you and I have, have when we when you cut up the reps and go through them, I mean, from a scouting perspective, I know we don't want to get too much into that, but um, wouldn't you say it's, it's pretty valuable to uh, to everything we do? No, it's super valuable. I think, you know, the thing too, when you, you mentioned uh, interaction with people on the message boards and as everybody well knows at this point, uh, all of our subscribers, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, you know, kind of armchair quarterback type uh, people that, you know, take a good look at highlight film and say, oh, you know, how can you think this about this kid or this about that? It's clear looking at his film that he's amazing. But, you know, what I always tell people is like, uh, any any single kid at most positions can put together a five to ten minute highlight reel that makes them look like a superstar. So what you differentiate when you go back and you look at the film, and it comes in handy when you uh, when we do our rankings and things like that. When you see things from a lower angle and uh, you see things up close, you see little nuanced things. And and going back to a uh, you know point that you guys were making earlier about the coaches, I mean. You know, something too that obviously doesn't come through a lot in film and uh, you know game study is is you see how kids react and absorb information to coaching. You know how they respond to it and how they apply it going forward in those one on one sessions and things like that. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of other little things that kind of um, you know kind of go past what the normal traditional scope of evaluation is uh, concerned with that we get out of those camps. And um, you know, a lot of it, like like Rob said, it is. Uh, t-shirts and, and shorts and things, but there's a lot of kind of intangible elements too that uh, we're able to draw from. 
Well, and, and, and one of the things that we hear a lot is that T-shirts and shorts argument. And the, the bottom line is we have the camps to, to increase, uh, you know, our knowledge on the players. Bottom line, from a recruiting perspective, from how they are as a player. And every school in the country has almost identical camps, wouldn't you say? I mean, Rob, you you actually go to – you spend a lot of time at Florida State during the summer. I mean, they're doing essentially the same drills, aren't they? I mean, there's there's no real difference between what we do and what they do, except for we have more good players at our camps than, than colleges often do at their on-campus camps. It's the exact same thing. Uh, there might be slight variations, uh, but you know it's it's warm ups, drills, one on ones, seven on seven. Uh, we don't do the seven on seven part except at the five star challenge, but yeah, they're the same thing, they're the same exact thing. Um, you know, obviously the value is different, um, but yeah, they're they're the same exact thing. I'm looking through here just to go back to what you're talking about. I found my thoughts from that same year. I found that that article, and <laughs> okay, I don't want to talk right. about a lot of them because they're a lot of them are pretty bad, uh, including one saying that Missouri is going to be uh, you know on the up and up. In the next years to come, <laughs> so you're, you're only so going to talk about out. the things that you got right. Wait, wait, wait did I not just wait? Wait a minute, did I not just point out that I the thing about Missouri? Or are we just going to ignore what I said? I mean, are you just going to fan well, message for this and like ignore made, the thing made, that just came out of my mouth? Well, no, the thing that just came out of your mouth made it sound like you got a lot more wrong than just one thing about Missouri. So, no, I did for sure, um, but you cut me off. Uh, but the top thing on here, the number one thing on here. <laughs> Is is Deshaun Hand is not the number one player in the country. I did not offer who was, uh, I guess, but it does say that he is not. So I don't know who was voting on that one, but it surely was not you and I. Wait, now now, now I want to hear the rest of them. So let's. <laughs> oh, they're bad. The- all right, hold on. All right, let's go through. Let me let me pull it back up here. All right, there's one up here. It's so jumbled because it's on the the old system. There's one up here. It says you know. There's one up here that's saying that A and M is going to continue to out recruit Texas in the future. Uh, which is debatable whether that's still happening. I guess it is, though, right? That was the first year. So that one's – we'll give myself credit for that one. The Arizona State, there's one that says, you know, Arizona State is is going to be a recruiting power in the Pac-12. That's wrong. Uh, There's a Missouri one that says Missouri is going to continue to grow in their recruitment, their recruiting efforts, which is wrong. And then there's one that's – I don't know. I just went off the page and said it's time to stop – using the word decommit uh, because it's not a real word and that we should use the word broken commitment and which I still hold to, to this day. Um, so <laughs> some bad, some good. Yeah. The, my worst one, not to my going through mine, I wrote about how, how I like Treon Harris as a quarterback playing uh, <clears throat> in uh, Kurt Roper's system. We all know they all got fired after one year and Harris was a disaster. And I, I, I think he's going to Tennessee state now. So um so you know they're not all winners. Uh, when you exit the plane, they winners. call it they call it a D plane when you when you get off a plane. I'm not sure that's actually no, but that's like word. an actual word that's in the dictionary. Uh, the word decommitment D- is not in the dictionary. Hmm. That's true. I used the word efforting the other day. Efforting is not a word either, but I enjoy that one. So, um, so here's. Would you like me to read you the definition of the plane here, since we're being contrarian, Nick Kruger? Because I have it pulled up. Uh, all right, let's hear it. I know what the definition is. I fly. Well, I know, but it's, because it's here in the dictionary. And if I type in decommit, you know what comes up? Bupkis. Well, because it is a know, made up word. Well, you know, 
what's her name? Miriam Webster really has been liberal about the words added to the dictionary in recent years. We should rely on Nick. We, we'll rely on Nick Kruger for uh, what's a word and what's not a word and disregard no, the actual dictionary. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to side with you. You think you think because I made that comment about Missouri, I'm against you. But I was trying to be on your side on that one. And then you. Me all right, all right, all right. Boy, a contentious episode of Commitment Issues this week and Nick's return. Uh, one thing we want to talk about, Damian Craig, uh, former Auburn quarterback. He's been around the recruiting world for a long time. Uh, he was most recently at LSU. He wasn't retained by uh, Coach O there this year after a rough signing day where he missed on some of the, their top wide receiver targets. Now he's returning to FSU in an off-field role, I think like an analyst-type position. Kind of an interesting situation for him because we had heard he was in the mix for like the Oregon offensive coordinator job. So he went from, you know, maybe being a power five offensive coordinator to to being off the field. I know Florida State fans are very happy. I know Florida fans are very mad. Uh, Rob, I, I guess Damien was in Florida before you were around, but uh, I know he, he was uh, at Auburn uh, as well. What do you think? Is there an impact here, or does it move the needle uh, with with him making that move? I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I think obviously, you know, it it's not completely inconsequential, and I don't want to no sell your question. But you know, we had this conversation about Kevin Beard last week, who I think is probably more, uh, you know, more of a name down here at least now. You know how quickly these things change, though. I mean, you know better than anyone. You've covered multiple regions too, where when guys lose, when guys become college coaches. Uh, it doesn't take them very long to kind of lose the cachet that they had when they were around all the time, um, especially when they move out of the region. I think that's kind of happened here. Yeah, I think the big winner are the recruiting reporters in Tallahassee because <clears throat> Craig loves to uh, to uh, speak with them. So <laughs> I think uh, he was he was well liked before, and he's going to be well liked again. I just for FSU, it seems like a no brainer because you just got a guy who was an SEC assistant coach. And he's essentially an, an, an analyst or a backup guy. If you lose a uh, coach next year, maybe he steps into an on-field role. Or if that 10th assistant coach thing passes, he can fill that role. Yeah, but the other thing with Florida State is, though, I mean, it's not like a Tennessee or like somebody getting a – it's not like Florida State needs a boost in the area, right? I mean, right now they're kind of king of the castle. Uh, so I don't know that – I mean, like you said, this functions more as kind of a nice little built-in backup plan should something happen and an assistant leaves. But, you know, I don't think – you're going to see them jump from a top five class to the number one class because they hired him. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I guess we could assume he's going to step in uh, and maybe help them recruit Alabama a little bit. We haven't seen them recruit Alabama that well at all. I think he was involved when they recruited uh, Jameis Winston, who came out of Alabama, was a quarterback much like Craig. So, you know, maybe they expand their footprint a little bit. But, you know, we've got a lot of stuff on assistant coach hires. I've I read an article every week, a double byline with Mike Farrell, uh, where, where we talk about uh, some of the hires and look at the moves there. So you can check that out on Rivals. Now, not all good for Florida State. They lose – a commitment, uh, Justin Watkins, versatile athlete, flips from uh, Texas, flips to Texas from Florida State, uh, which was which was very interesting at the time. We kind of forgot to talk about it last week. Rob, what happened there? And and you know, tell us a little bit about Watkins. It was interesting because I always thought he was going to be defensive back, and now it appears he's going there to play wide receiver. Uh, Watkins is 
in the mold of DJ Matthews, who was that wide receiver out of Jacksonville in last year's class that signed with Florida State. Undersized, fast, explosive kind of guy that, you know, everybody loves for that reason. He's great in seven on seven. What happened there is kind of disputed, right? So I talked to Watkins' seven on seven coach the day he committed to Texas, who told me that the reason he did it is because he suspected, for whatever reason, uh, that Florida State was going to play him at defensive back. Um, and that he felt like Texas would allow him to play offense and he fits the Texas system. Of course, the powers that be at Florida State dispute this. Um, Michael Langston, who covers Florida State for us and does a real bang-up job, really, on his game all the time, says that uh, he spoke to the uh, Florida State coaches who said that's not the case, but for whatever reason, whether this is true or not, I can confirm that Justin Watkins, for whatever reason, had it in his head that they were not going to let him play wide receiver. Now, whether that's Texas planting that seed or whether Florida State told him that is kind of, I guess, disputed. But what's not disputed is that Watkins thought that. And that's what matters here. So he thought that and and flipped his commitment after a visit to Texas. And and that's kind of how it went down. It was interesting that I had seen some some tweets about he wasn't feeling the love before. And is it possible that Florida State just kind of moved on? Yeah, I mean, I guess that's possible too, but I can't imagine why. I mean, unless they see him as too similar to Matthews, who's just one class above him, he's really an electric player. Like I, I, I see him as fitting into Florida State, unless they really did not want him as a wide receiver. I don't know why they would have just been like, why they would have dropped him. Yeah, well, what I was I was going to bring up is it's pretty clear that the Texas staff holds him in very high regard. I mean, they they're you know we we chose not to talk about junior days on this podcast, but their last one, they hosted several uh, wide receivers, of which uh, Watkins was one, and that's when he uh, made his decision to commit to Texas. Uh, Brennan Eagles, who's a very high four star, another, and Alvante Woodard was there. Uh, Eagle Eagles and Woodard both have offers, but then they also hosted Tommy Bush as a four-star receiver that's picked up a ton of offers this spring. Uh, Ja'Cory Morgan is a, a high three-star receiver that they had out there. Uh, you know, a couple a couple other guys were out there, all, all without offers. And really, Texas is being very judicious uh, with the amount of uh, wide receivers that I think they're they're looking forward to taking in this class. So uh, they may, maybe it isn't so much. Uh, maybe maybe it's a combination of a of a feeling of declining love or attention from Florida State plus Texas really selling them on you know listen you're definitely you know one of the marquee guys that, they, that we're expecting to have in this class and you know and him biting on that hook so um, you know I think looking looking down the road too with uh, Texas you know I think Eagles is really the guy that they're going after uh, as well you know Woodard is a nice player I like him a lot we have him as a high four star I'm probably a little bit higher on him than some other guys but I think the deal with uh, Woodard is you know that people probably consider him as kind of like a package deal with Anthony Cook who we just made a, a five-star cornerback as well and they both go to the same school so um, you know and that that relationship is is going to be a little bit tougher to flesh out because you know we've seen other schools that are involved with Cook's recruitment come through and offer Woodard as well so uh, a lot of, uh, you know some moving parts I guess in that regard but uh, regardless you know Texas really showed out that you know that Watkins was a guy that they were really gunning for. I'd be remiss to point out and if we didn't point out that <laughs> Our boy Justin Watkins is already on commitment number three. I mean, he was committed to LSU. He was committed to Florida State. Now he's committed to Texas. Do we think he can go for four and even maybe five? Yeah, he could be a fiver for sure. Anytime anytime a kid from Florida commits to Texas, uh, he's from Ocala, right? Isn't he? Or from yeah, he, yeah, he plays for the North Marion Stars. He attends. So, uh, yeah, so, yeah, so he's a little bit off the he's a little bit off the map. We often see those guys go to Florida from from that area. We have in years past. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, I'm sure Texas fans are excited and they should be, but you can never, with, with a kid from Florida until, until you get to the end, uh, you know, <laughs> there could be multiple, more, more commitments uh, in the works for sure. I, I, can't, I, can't rem- I can't recall ever seeing five. I, I've seen four. What about the kid who? Did, well, the kid, the, the kid who did three in a month this year was pretty good. And then we had the kid. <laughs> do you remember the kid from last year? I think his name was like Isaiah Johnson. He ended up at Washington State. He was committed to Louisville, I believe. He was committed to Florida. Yeah, I, to I'd forgotten about him. At least three or four. So yeah, they they definitely definitely a lot of them. All of them. Uh, there was a kid. There was a kid in twenty uh, last year's class here in Texas. I, his name was. <laughs> I know I've complained to Woody about it. His name was Darian Green or DJ Green or Speedy Green. He changed his name three times and wanted me to, <laughs> and want, and wanted me to tweet out each time that he changed his name. But then he also he also decommitted and recommitted from like McNeese State and like a, like a bunch of really small schools over and over and over again. And he kept telling me like, my new commitment date is this after he just committed to some other small school. Or, <laughs> But I, I'll, I I might have to go back and do some fact checking on that one. Or go back to my DMs. But which which name did he eventually sign with? Uh, I I I think he stayed. I, I stopped. You know, I I gave. I I tried to be as nice as I could for him for as long as I could, but I stopped paying attention after. I, I think it's. I think he settled on DJ because Speedy is not. You know, it doesn't look good on a LinkedIn profile. Yeah. <laughs> I think I told Nick to stop talking to him. I was like, uh, you know. Well, the other, you know, he's a real boy. sympathetic figure too because he was legally deaf, I guess, and so that he was kind of playing up that, you know. Yeah, okay. To, you know, to, to be fair, I, 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 I heard that I heard that Darian dropped him late in the process. <laughs> if he has to go down to the courthouse and fill out the paperwork every time, that'd be exact. I just faxed in my name change. Uh, it's official. <laughs> All right, boy. Where do you end up signing, Nick? Do you remember? What's that? Oh Where no, do you end- I- I'll go. I'll go back and look it up. Okay. All right, boy. <laughs> <laughs> you, you guys have lost your mind today. But I, I'm the, I'm the loose cannon who works here, who's going to say something stupid on the podcast, right? Not you two. That's me. I'm, uh, you know. Boy, we're gonna have to re- reconsult your uh, your annual review there, Nick. I'm crying. <laughs> anyway, jeez. Hopefully, you cut that out. So and leave this part in. Whatever. Nick said something inappropriate per usual. Um, all right, moving on. Boy, Miami, the my the U. Are they number one in the 2018 team rankings, Rob? They have to be, right? I have not looked recently, but I can't assume that there's somebody above, them, unless Penn State's above them, which is possible. Now they've got a ton of commits. We seem to be talking about them every week. This week it's Brian Hightower, uh, four-star wide receiver from IMG Academy. I think he's ranked in the top 100. Uh, famously got in a Twitter beef with Mike Farrell, which was really, really entertaining. Uh, did he call Mike Farrell immature? Or what did he call him? Either called him immature or childish. I can't remember the exact. Well, I, I I had been called childish, so it's probably immature. It was a kid who called me uh, childish a few years ago. Anyway. Yeah. It's a big time addition. Miami fans gotta love him. He, he's a good player, and he and he hates Mike Farrell just like they do. What's your take on on him? He's actually from LA. He goes to IMG Academy. You know, I know See, they got mad at you for saying he might flip. So what's up? I'm I'm of the opinion that a lot of these kids that are fitted to Miami are going to stick. Uh, I think that if you're ranking them, as I did in a story this week, I ranked every kid that was committed uh, in the Rivals 250 from the state of Florida. 
and likelihood, I think he would be the top threat to flip only because he's not, it's such a hard, I mean, you're still pulling a kid out of California, even if he attends high school at IMG. Uh, his family is still in California. Those schools are still going to recruit him. And to a certain extent, I'm sure his family is going to recruit him back there, right? From Calabasas. Uh, so Miami's got to fight that for a full year. And I'm not saying he won't sign with Miami. Uh, I'm just saying that this battle is not over by any stretch. If you don't think he's going to be taking officials to USC and UCLA and the like down the road, you're, you're mistaken. I think that the guys that they've gotten from Florida will stick. I think Hightower is going to be a battle. Yeah, I think what Miami needs to have, they're actually number two in the team ranking. Sorry, Miami fans, behind Penn State. Penn State with seven four-stars already committed. Miami's got six, so that would be the uh, <clears throat> that would be the edge there. Just a slight, a slight advantage with Notre Dame number three. They have to have one of these quarterbacks emerge this year, don't you think, for a guy like Hightower? Because this is, like you said, he's a West Coast kid. He's gonna, there's going to be a lot of pull from the UCLA's of the world, who I believe was, I thought, was the favorite to land him for a long time. Uh, I, I think I wrote a, a story on him maybe when he was in California from the camp out there. But, I mean, he did leave early for IMG, right? He played there as a junior. So I think that's the fact that Miami fans have been saying on the message board on canesport.com. They've been talking a lot about, look, he already left home to go to high school. Why wouldn't he want to stay out here for college? So it's going to be interesting. It's still There's still going to be a fight, though, right? I mean, like, like you said. I mean – all these kids who are committed now, there's going to be a fight. We often, I know, <clears throat> excuse me, we get really frustrated in December when basically everything we've written for the past year and a half blows up when all these coaches start changing jobs and stuff. So, you know, anything can happen. But for Miami, the best thing that could happen for them is to have a good year on the field, win some games. And more importantly, establish a quarterback, whether it's Jack Allison or, or some of the younger guys. I mean, Allison is a guy that, that I liked a lot in high school. I, maybe he maybe he seizes that job. Maybe some a couple of the, the, the freshmen they have, maybe one of them steps up. So that's going to be what we're watching with Miami. And, uh, boy, they really hated that article you wrote about the deep decommitment percentages well it's amazing that they yeah it's amazing that they didn't read like the intro they just like assumed that every kid on the list was gonna flip and it's like in the intro it says every committed kid i've ranked and most of their kids were towards the bottom of safe not gonna flip but they just disregard what the article was about it was like why would you put all the miami kids on this list i'm like literally everybody is on the list (laughs) you have to like read before you get mad and People refuse to yeah. do that. Well, as our we boy live in Jaylen, a microwave culture. Yeah, damn it! You beat me to it. You, I was gonna. You beat me to it. I was gonna say the same exact thing. I was just actually listening to. Uh, I was listening to our boy Jalen uh, today. At the, well, I was at Mister Shut Up and Train. Big shot to him. So yeah, the, the Kardashians microwave culture. Forget about it. Um, all right, moving on. Tweet of the week time. Don't stop tweeting me. Man, you chicken. Uh, it's been a, uh, I don't know, a notable week. Who put the tweet of the week on here? You did, Rob? Yeah, I put it on there. The tweet of the week is mine. I, I'm that so hard we, at that. So we have a thread here. Uh, looks like I took that picture. Great photo. <laughs> it says, it starts with Adam Gorney saying, five star DB Tyreek Johnson on uh, Florida Gators defense. They have a thing called swagger. Okay. <laughs> Hello. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So 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 Karen Key Largo responds. Here's the, like, we need to we need to 
We need to outline demographics of Karen Key Largo here. <laughs> okay. Karen Key Largo appears to be, I don't know, a 65-year-old woman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, at least. Maybe older than that. Her, her bio reads, <laughs> God, country, family, and then a bunch of hashtags. Uh, go Knowles with the last breath I ever take, which may be soon, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, judging by the photograph. <laughs> so Karen says... Karen says, except when they play slash lose to FSU, LOL. All caps. <laughs> got, got him. And then uh, Nelly responds. And Nelly <laughs> appears to be a younger gentleman in a Florida Gators jersey. Yeah, Nelly, who's definitely young, uh, who actually, Nelly follows me. How about that? N- Nelly says, Mima, don't start on your bingo night <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a couple of emojis. And then Karen Key Largo says, my troll is always locked and loaded. You know this with a grandma emoji. <laughs> and, and, then, and then Nelly responds, taking your walker away, almost bedtime anyhow. It's <laughs> so, amazing. So there's your tweet of the week. A real, real good thread. Solid thread coming out of Adam Gorney. Uh, conf- well, never mind. I can't say that on the show. Every time uh, I look at Adam's profile, I get a good laugh. So anyway, that's a uh, the good tweet of the week. Meemaw. A Meemaw reference. You can really squeeze that one in. I really hope Karen's uh, a listener here. I, I would I would enjoy that. Well, you should tweet at her and tell her she's mentioned on the podcast. Uh, guess what? I, you know. Both of my grandmothers are dead, but I wish, uh, you know, I wish my grandma had that, had that kind of tech savvy to be using emojis and LOLs and all kinds of stuff. She's on top of it, um, you know, more so than even my own mother. So anyway, moving on. <laughs> you could you could you could hear how sad I am in my voice. Moving on, rants and recommendations. <laughs> big big week this week. I guess we could start with Rob. Uh, with his recommendation. Rob, you finally went and saw yeah. Get Out after... I wanted to uh, give you guys props, actually. Uh, my recommendation is to listen to Nick Kruger and Woody Womack when they recommend movies. Uh, it was very, very good. It was everything you guys said it was, plus some. I had a... Actually, Nick wasn't on the podcast last week, but Woody recommended it for you. Um, it was awesome. I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Uh, everything you guys said, I, I will listen to you guys going forward. Yeah. It, unfortunately, Rob is usually on the end of my uh, barrage of of texts about every movie that I hate. So, uh, didn't I say that to you when you told me it was yeah. good? I was like, if you're saying something nice about a movie, it must have really been good. Yeah. Cause I've been watching a lot of bad movies lately. Uh, during the day where I leave them on while I'm working. So, but uh, get out is awesome. Go see it. Nick, you didn't get to talk about it, but you loved it. Of course. Uh, as I mentioned last week, right? Yeah. I, I was in, uh, I was actually in San Antonio, uh, working, uh, whatever whatever Sunday it was before before I went to go see it, and then a couple of friends brought it up to me and said, "Hey, uh, you know, we have these two extra tickets. Can you can you make?" I I actually like tailored the rest of my day to make sure that I got home just in time to go see that movie. I was so excited to see it, and uh, you know, lo and behold, it delivered. I was excited. You know, Rob, did you have an active audience at yours? As I well? had a very very <laughs> active audience, especially towards the end. Um, also unrelated, I had people. The, the the kids in front of me got thrown out by security because they snuck in because they were underage. So I'm sitting there waiting for the wow. movie to begin and the security comes in and checks their <laughs> the, tickets. And the they, ushers they, told them to get out? Yeah. They, <laughs> yeah, you yelled at them to get out. Uh, they had purchased <sighs> tickets for some other movie because they were underage to see it. And, you know, they got they got removed. Wow. 
Get out. What was that on the commercial? <laughs> Sorry. You're out of here, kids. Now, listen, I've got a few. Nick, you got anything to complain about this week? Because I got a lot of stuff to talk about here. Uh, I have a, I have a couple of uh, – I, I have one recommendation. I don't have any complaints. All right. Let's hear Let's hear your rec first. Well, uh, well, I'll just I'll just be real quick about it. Uh, and actually, I've only seen one episode of this. Uh, my wife and I were watching it uh, the other night. There's a there's a new series on HBO called Crashing. Have you guys heard of it? No, oh, yeah, I've been watching that as well. Yeah, uh, it, and you know, and I was kind of lukewarm on it. It was you know some elements to shows that I had kind of seen in the past. Uh, and uh, you know, but it was something to watch on a Wednesday night or whatever. But then Artie Lang showed up. And completely, <laughs> and the whole time I was watching Artie Lang, I was like, "Wow, wait a second! This is almost like grown-up Rob Cassidy." Uh, <laughs> in a couple of respects, <laughs> as as the show went on, and uh, and I and I enjoy it because, as Rob Cassidy has been known to do, when the three of us uh, are all in the same place at the same time, he makes increasingly poor decisions and ropes all of us into him, uh, and. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, and hilarity ensues and then we all end up sleeping on each other's couches. So, yeah, it was it was a it, it is a pretty good show. I don't know if you saw a second episode, T.J. Miller uh, or the, maybe the third episode, T.J. Miller prominently featured. So I would recommend that show as well. It stars Pete Holmes, uh, who's a stand up comedian who used to have a late night talk show on TBS. I think uh, that's on HBO. You can find it there now. My rec, I'll make it real quick. Rob and I kind of talked about it off the air. I've been watching this show called Riverdale, which, as we know, I have a proclivity for uh, teen dramas a la The O.C. and Gossip Girl. And guess what? It's back, baby. Riverdale, a dramatization of the Archie comics. Uh, and it's it's wonderful. Despite Jughead not being asexual on the show, which is a major controversy, uh, as I just learned <laughs> earlier today. <laughs> Uh, it's a great show. If you like teen dramas, Nick, I know you, you, you're a soap opera man. I think you'd really pound through some Riverdale if you put it on. Uh, you know, I've been seeing the, uh, as, as I've, as I've been known to talk about my daytime television habits, they, they play that commercial ad nauseum on the CW here in Austin. And I've sort of been intrigued, but I've kind of been beaten into like not wanting to watch it on account of how many times I've seen and heard the commercial in the background but well that's how i that's how i was too but i said you know what guess what i'm gonna give her a shot and we got we got veronica and betty we got archie we got we got jughead we got all kinds of drama happening dead bodies murders um (laughs) so so i would highly recommend it nick i would recommend you watch it uh rob i don't know if you'd like it or not but uh it's an interesting show i like it you know these shows are usually good for about one one and a half seasons before they get bad so, so i'm a little bummed that, that kruger missed our conversation of hot bench last week um <laughs> well he heard it he, he I heard listened, it. I mean, I he produces the, podcast, the podcast did i get the catchphrase right nick or not what's the catchphrase for hot bench uh i don't know it's actually on right now i can put it on i can put on the tv we can wait for the next <laughs> Coming out of the commercial break. <laughs> Wait for them to say it, hot bench. The only reason I don't I see, know, I've never... I thought it was... Three ju- I, I three seriously didn't think it was like... I thought it was going to be like a shirtless judge with abs, <laughs> like a swoop haircut. That's that's kind of what I pictured from Hot Bench. I sent I sent I sent uh, Rob an article this week about people on TV being too hot. So that's the last thing we need is more hot people. Um, now, i got something to complain about, and then we'll let you complain, uh, Nick. You know, lately... A lot of stuff on social media we see often. We probably spend way more time doing it than the normal person just because of work. But I've been seeing a lot of people's dogs 
needing some type of medical procedure, and they take to social media and ask me for money. Oh, my dog's got arthritis. He needs glucosamine treatments. It's going to be this much money. Please give me money. It's like, are you insane? What kind of person does? Why would I give you money for your dog? I've got a dog. I love my dog. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I was once the uh, benefactor of a of a GoFundMe type thing. Uh, Nick, you might have even contributed some dollars to it when uh, I was robbed at my house. And I, I've been known to, to, to give people money, you know, hey, we're doing in vitro fertilization. We can't have kids. It's a lot of money. But get, get out of here with your dog. You know, guess what? Wow. I love my dog. I, unfortunately, I've had to, had put more than one, one of my dogs uh, to rest when my aforementioned mother ran him over with the car several several times. <laughs> Anyone who knows me would have heard several stories about that. But, you, you know, if your dog needs surgery, guess what? Get a credit card, pay for it. Don't go asking me for money. I'm out. I have a lot of dog-related complaints. This one is high on my list, so stop asking me for money. Nick, what do you got? Uh, there's, there's a guy. There, I don't know if I've told the story on the podcast or not. There's a guy in my apartment complex that walks his dog at 7.30 in the morning. And with every – and I know I've probably complained about it to you. He – he every step this dog takes, it barks, it yelps, it does, and it's like a good sized dog too. It's like some kind of lab mix, and it's so loud. And seven fifteen, like clockwork, every morning he would come right outside my window, walking that thing. And finally, I went out there, and I was like, "You got to do something about that dog." And he just looked, <laughs> he, and he just looks at me like before I almost before I got done saying that to him, he goes, "It's a rescue," and I'm like, "So what?" <laughs> <laughs> What does that have to do with the price of tea I'm in gonna, China? You're huh? going to need rescuing if you keep waking me up at 7.30 like this. this. You know, I'm up till all hours of the night pounding out recruiting updates for our audience here. Who knows? So so that was the end of the – so it was a rescue and then that was it? He actually stopped doing it. He actually did stop walking it by my window at 7.30 in the morning. So I did. Well, I've had a – I guess I'm I got ha- the point across. I'm having a similar situation in my neighborhood with a dog a couple streets over, but uh, – the bark echoes throughout the neighborhood. And I had, was speaking with a couple of my neighbors and I told them I was going to put a brick in their mailbox with a note telling them to shut the dog up before I do it for them. So uh, the, my neighbors thought I was a psychopath when, 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 I, when, I, when I mentioned that. They looked at me like I was insane. I was like, you don't hear the dog, you know? Uh, so Yeah, we, we hear the dog. We're just not all insane people. Yeah, we're just not going to threaten to kill our neighbor's dog like a lunatic. Uh, with an anonymous <laughs> note, which is not so anonymous anymore, I guess, if I talked about it on the podcast. But uh, yeah, barking. I can't barking... deaf people, but you can kill dogs. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, that's no kidding. Boy, I wasn't going to kill the dog. The point of the brick is to send a message. You know, Rob, you're Italian. You get the. Uh, <laughs> I don't think see. I don't think you're allowed to stereotype Italians on the podcast either. You've gone from threatening. You've gone from no. threatening. You've gone from threatening canine lives to stereotyping an entire ethnicity to be gangsters. My mom would have a field day with you guess what i'm italian tell, tell your mom i'm italian so forget about yeah. it she'll give you a whole spiel about the anti-italian defamation league my friend yeah well she hasn't she, she clearly hasn't met my uncle john <laughs> speaking of speaking of Artie lang um all right well i guess that wraps it up uh to, to clarify the point of the the, the brick is to threaten, not to actually uh, go through it. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do the brick. I, <laughs> it shows premeditation, Woody. You shouldn't have done that. 
I didn't do the. I did not do the brick. Uh, yeah, I, I decided against it. So, uh, but guess what, neighbors? Let me hear that dog again, and it. I will. The, the brick is back. The brick is back in play. I would highly recommend. I would, I would highly recommend uh, Nick's approach of taking a direct approach and talking to the people about the dogs. But people, get your dogs in check. Next thing you know, Nick, he's going to be knocking on your door for a GoFundMe for surgery for the rescue. Does does he have a Does he have a sticker on his car that says "Who?" Yeah, well, you're, 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 what would be great? If the surgery if you, if you, is vocal cord removal. I'll t- I'll pay for that myself. If you throw the brick through the window and then contribute to the GoFundMe for the new window, are you absolved? Uh, no, the brick wasn't going to go through the window. The brick was going to go in the mailbox with a note, like with scribbly ah. writing. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I would never advocate as someone who's had bricks thrown through his car windows before. Uh, I would, I would never advocate for, for that type of, uh, violence to be done. We've implicated so. ourselves in way too many. It's time to cut this, cut the cord on. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Well, this is gonna be this is gonna be a rough episode to try to get to air. Um, Bill, Bill Trochi, big shout's gonna have a field day uh, red flagging our topics on this one. So, anyway, that wraps it up. We want to remind you: find us on uh, your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, big shout to M Deuce for providing us our music. We'll be back next week. Nick and I. Uh, hoping to go talk to some coaches uh, for next week's show. We'll be on the road uh, in New Orleans. Uh, look for us. We'll be at uh, Pat O'Brien's on Bourbon Street, right, Nick? <laughs> Maybe, if we make it that far. I, I will be at the World Baseball Classic. Being good and awesome. Oh, jeez. Oh, Boy, <laughs> give, give you a chance to catch up on your sleep. Uh, go Sweden. <laughs> all right. That's it. Have a good one.